Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Thank you, everybody. Oh, you can be seated. It's so good to be with you here tonight as my Nations family. And, um, and for everybody watching online, it's, you're so welcome. Um, it's an honor to come into your living room or wherever you're watching this. And anytime I speak, I want a few things to happen. I want Jesus to get bigger, the cross to work better, the resurrection to be central, and scriptures to get bigger, not smaller. I, I hope that's your experience um, wherever you're watching this uh, tonight, and as well as here live. I get to open the Bible tonight, and so I take that really seriously. Um, if you're talking about actual Bible, Numbers 15, we're going to get there in just a second. And um, anytime you open the Bible, you want to ask a couple questions. One, what happened? And two, more importantly, what's happening in me right now because of what happened? So we're going to explore those things. Um, afterwards, we do have a small table set up out there with our resources on it and USBs, um, audio, video. Um, the reason we do that is because that is how we fund our justice projects around the world. Um, we have three orphanages in China that look after children with mental disabilities. We also have a rescue home in Cape Town that gets girls out of sex trafficking. There's all kinds of new stuff out there. I've just finished a thing on the book of Revelation. I finished a, a whole series on sexuality. I, I, I did a series. Um, Pastor Wayne Elkhorn um, allowed me graciously to do a six-session short course on how to approach the Bible in a more meaningful way. That's out there as well. Um, and you could avail yourself of it. The only thing I would ask is that if you don't want anything, God bless you. I'll see you next time I'm through. But if you know before you leave, you're going to grab something. If you could do that in, in the first 10 minutes, the reason is, is we got to pack it down, okay? So this is a real chatting church afterwards. I like that. I think it's great. It shows me you like each other. But so, but, but, and I, I think it's healthy. But for tonight, um, the order of things is, is buy and, and then chat, all right? That'd be, that'd be, that'd be really good. So, uh, Today's Pentecost Sunday, and so this morning, if you were here, um, we talked about what that meant and the beauty of it. If you weren't here this morning, I would urge you to go back and look at that because it, it recaptures some of the beauty of the word Pentecost. Uh, t t tonight, I want to talk to you about the earliest metaphor around the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, and then I want to talk to you about the work of the Holy Spirit specifically around healing. So, um, but first, uh, a, a word about fashion. This is Numbers chapter 15, if you could bring that up. And the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, throughout the generations to come, you're to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. What a strange command. Put tassels on the corners of your garment with a blue cord. Like if I said to you, I want you to wear a tassel on the corner of your garment. What's your question? Why? So that's what they ask too. So you'll have these tassels to look at, okay? And so you'll remember the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. Then you'll remember to obey all my commands and be consecrated to the Lord your God. For I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God, for I am the Lord your God. See, so he says, I, I want you to put tassels on the corner of your garment. This is, uh, there's a, a couple key words here that, that, that I want us to unpack. Next slide. So the, the first one is the word kanaf. 
Now I'm going to teach you some, some, a little bit of Hebrew tonight, and that, that, that'll be fun. So I want you to try to say that with some Go Nations Church gusto. It sounds like this, kanaf, ready, go, kanaf. Kanaf meant the corner of the garment. But, but ancient Hebrew only had like 8,000 words, so you had to have all kinds of different sort of meanings for different things. So kanaf could mean corner, could mean border, could mean him, or, or could mean wings. We'll get to that in just a second. But the, the reason is, is because when the priest would bless the people, he would spread out his hands, and you could sort of see where the word kanaf started to mean wings. Now, the most important word I'm going to teach you tonight by far is the word talit. Can I hear you say that with me with some gusto? Ready, go. Talit. Now, this is, a, let's try that again with a little bit more gusto. Ready, go. Talit. Now, that, a talit is this. It's, it's literally the garment. But most words have a literal meaning and a symbolic one. So a talit was this, but it was more than that. It was symbolic to be covered in God's presence. It's what they used in weddings as a hoopah. We talked about that this morning. That this was the presence of God. It's, it's, um, it's a perfect scale model of the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. In, in their mind, the presence of God lived in one place. And of course, people wanted a part of that, but nobody could go in there. So what they did is they made little scale models so that you could at least touch a little bit. It's sort of like this. How many men in Perth want to drive a Ferrari? All of them. How many of them can afford a Ferrari? None of them. So what men do is they buy these little scale model Ferraris, you know? Makes them feel good. And so, so what they would do, I'm going to try to do this with him. Is they would put on the garment of praise or... They would put on, the, there's all these metaphors around this, but the, the idea is, is that you can't separate your spiritual from your natural. That God is with you wherever you go, whatever you do, how you treat the waitress when she's taking too long to get your order, how you treat someone who cuts you off in traffic. When, when you're stuck on the Great Eastern Highway, a highway, by the way, where you can only drive 60 and there's red lights. How you treat those people is spiritual. That God is with you wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you say, God is there. Talit. Everybody together is really important. Let's say it together. The word is talit. Ready, go. Talit. Now, there's two other words that are going to come to play by the end of the sermon. Those two words are tamay. Tamay means unclean. So if somebody was sick. They'd have to go, Timmy, 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 unclean, unclean, unclean. The, the word clean, though, is tahor. Now, I realize in English that sounds like the unclean one. <laughs> but in Hebrew, tahor meant clean. I mean, I get English, tahor. No, no. no. So you have Timmy, which is unclean, and tahor, which is clean. And so God says, I want you to put tassels on the corner of your tallit. Next slide. So there's all this really cool imagery around the tassel. There is five knots in a properly done tassel. One for each book of the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So it's not just 
being gifted with the presence of God. It's how you carry the presence of God as it is attached to the word of God. That you can't, it's not just the anointing, it's how you carry the anointing as it is attached to the word of God. Also, also between the five knots are four spaces, one for each letter of the holy name Yahweh, yud heh vav heh. So in other words, it's not just the anointing or the presence of God, it's the word of God, the name of God. The name of God was defined in Exodus 34. He is the Lord, the Lord. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness. In other words, you can be right, but be wrong at the top of your voice. You can be an anointed jerk. You can, you can, you can be gifted something from God and then carry it in a toxic way. It's the word of God, the name of God. Oh, by the way, um, it takes 613 loops to tie a tassel. There's exactly 613 commands. So it's the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God. But one of the beauties of a tassel is if it's tied properly, it always comes off with eight strands. Eight in their, in their world was the number of new beginnings, fresh starts, second chances, clean slates, and the opportunity to write a better story. It's a reminder of the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, but always the grace of God when I fail. So they would wear the presence of God. They would wrap the tassels around their hands to look at and remember God's ways brought me from slavery to freedom. God's ways brought me from darkness to light. God's ways brought me from Egypt to Israel. God's ways are the best ways for my life. So anytime you sin, before you sinned with your hands, you had to physically unwrap God. It was this, um, th this, is, this is the WWJD bracelet on speed. <laughs> this is the cross around the neck time. This is, th these are the rituals or the tactile reminders. You, you, you see all this stuff. Remember, there's this one time. Jesus said, beware of the Pharisees who wear their tassels too long. In other words, watch out for people who are too loud about how close they are to God. Normally not. That's my experience too, by the way. I, like if I, if I came into a church and someone said, hi, I'm the prayer warrior here. <laughs> Normally not. Normally the prayer warrior is somewhere praying. I've never, hey, I've never met a prophet in my life that introduced themselves that way. Prophets don't go, hi, I'm prophets. True prophets are the ones everybody else goes, watch out for that, do that, do that, right? <laughs> Beware of the Pharisees. They wear their tassels too long. Remember, there's this one psalm that says, under the shadow of his wings. God doesn't have wings. It's a metaphor. It's the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God. Remember, there's this one time. There's this guy named David. And David kills a big giant guy, gets very popular um, with everybody except for the king. And what we find out in the story is David's a bad dude, hey. Like David is Jack Bauer on speed. 
David is Liam Neeson's character from Taken. If I'm dating you, Rambo, okay? But we also find out that David's bad at hiding, right? Like everywhere he goes, people already know where he was going. It says he went to a cave and 400 people beat him there knowing he would go there. (laughs) Which leads to this observation, bro, as good as you are at killing, when it comes to hiding, you suck. (laughs) And it says that he was in some cave somewhere and Saul, the guy chasing him, went into the cave to use the toilet. And it says that David snuck up behind him and cut off the corner of Saul's garment. Well, hang on a second. Saul's the king of Israel. What would have been attached to the corner of his garment? Tassels. And so then David went off into the distance and Saul gets done and goes outside and puts his garment back on and reaches for his tassels and he can't find them. And David's in the distance. (laughs) What's he saying? It says Saul saw it as a reproach. Of course he did. What's he saying? He's saying, bro, I can't touch the anointing God gave you. That's above my pay grade. What I can do is give commentary that the way you're carrying the anointing sticks to high heaven. You have the anointing, but you've lost touch with your tassels. It's that. Now, an interesting prophecy comes about. Because, of course, you got to wonder, how could you tell a real Messiah from a not real one? Well, The last prophecy about Messiah in the whole of Scripture is in Malachi chapter 4. Watch what it says, if you could bring that up. But for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. The word is kanaf. In other words, you could tell who the real Messiah is by whether there's healing in the corner of his garment? Is there healing in the way he carries the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God? Is there healing in his wings? Hmm. Mark chapter 5. An interesting story comes around about Jesus going to pray for a little girl just simply known as Jairus' daughter. So let's, I'm going to read the first part of this. If you could bring the Mark chapter 5. When Jesus uh, crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he's by the lake. And then one of the synagogue leaders, a guy named Jairus, came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Um, and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter's dying. Please put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. So Mark chapter 5 it's all about Jesus going to go pray for Jairus' daughter. Now, we've got to talk about this for a second. Mark chapter 5 is all about Jesus praying for Jairus' daughter because Jairus' daughter is very sick. And when your daughter's sick, you really need something. And obviously, they had exhausted all their medical options. And so, Jairus comes and asks Jesus to come pray for his daughter. And so, if we lose sight 
of the fact that this is all about Jairus' daughter, we're going to miss the whole point. So it's very important that we remember that this is all about Jairus' daughter because Jairus' daughter is very sick. And Jesus is going to go pray for Jairus' daughter. Now, what's going to happen next is pretty spectacular. And sometimes we forget and lose sight of the fact that he was going to go pray for Jairus' daughter. But actually, actually, the next thing is pretty spectacular. But we don't want to lose sight of the fact that this is all about Jairus' daughter because Jairus' daughter is very, very sick. And so for tonight, we got to remember this is about Jairus' daughter because... Jairus' daughter is very sick, and if we lose sight of the fact that this is about Jairus' daughter, we're going to miss the whole entire point. So it's very important that no matter where this story goes, we remember this is about Jesus going to go pray for Jairus. Yeah. So Jesus is going to go pray for Jairus' daughter. And a weird thing happens. It says there was a lady with an issue of bleeding for 12 years. Stop. Okay. How'd they know that? What if it was 11 years and nine months? I mean, do you just share stuff like that? Okay, this is really quick hermeneutics, okay? Hebrew people read and write scripture through four levels. If you're a nerd, the name of the four levels is Peshat, Ramez, Drosh, and Sud. If you're not a nerd, one, two, three, four. The Peshat is the plainest thing going on. So the plainest thing going on is there's a lady who has a health issue, presumably female bleeding, for a long, long time, and she's exhausted her medical options, and she needs healing. There's that. But then there's this number 12. That's a remez. When a Hebrew person read 12, they thought 12 tribes. So in one sense, this is about one lady at one moment at one time. In another sense, this is about an entire nation needing a touch from God, right? So the Israelites would have wanted to find themselves in the story, and so should, so should we. So she's been bleeding, which leads me to this. If you've been bleeding, you would have been considered unclean or tamay. See, we define sin very poorly. We define sin as the bad things we do. Fine. But in Leviticus, sin was anything that wasn't perfect. So, for instance, in Leviticus, it's a sin to have dandruff. So why don't you check your neighbor right now and see if they're living in sin. Just check them. It was a sin to have a rash. So if you're here tonight and you have a rash we don't know about, could you let us know, right? By the way, in Leviticus, it was a sin to give birth. Yeah. It says, after a woman gives birth, she must bring an offering to the temple to atone for her sin of loss of blood. Because it wasn't, the way it's happening isn't perfect. So, so all these things were said. And then Tamay was very contagious. So like if you had dandruff and I touched you, now I'm Tamay. Here's what happened. They worked out a way to make a lot of money on people's spiritual guilt. We would never do that, but they did. And then what they started doing is making it harder and harder and harder to stay clean because they, here's what they did. They cornered the market on forgiveness and then charged people for it. You see why Jesus is turning over tables? Okay, so then they made it really hard, like, like they said, okay, not only is it Tamay, oh, by the way, it was, it was a sin to have a period. So it was a sin to touch a woman 
who was on her period. I don't even know how you lived back then. Like, if you're here tonight, you're like on your period, could you let us know? Like, that's strange. Then they said, no, no, not just that. It's a sin to touch a chair where a woman who's been on her period in the last three days has sat. Like, what'd you do? Like, could you just put a sign in your chair? Like, that's weird. It was a sin to touch furniture where a married couple had been intimate in the last three days. Like, what'd you do? I, I was teaching this one time in someone's house and the guy made everybody get off the sofa. <laughs> he was 75. I know. I know. I know. I know. I was like, come on, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, so this lady, <clears throat> this lady has had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. And her only hope is to get to Jesus. And she wants to grab the corner of his garment. Why? It's like magic clothes. No, no. She knows the text. If he is who he says he is, there's my hope. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. She's Tame. Just think about that for a second. She would not have been purposely touched in 12 years. Think about how you'd feel. Think about just physically how you'd feel. What do you do? Well, you're going to like her because here's what she does. No one can afford to touch her because they'll have to go to the temple and do an offering, right? So she can't get close enough. So she puts her elbows out. It's like, excuse me, right? She's, she, she's touching everybody and everybody's making this path. And she reaches up, grabs the corner of his garment. She's instantly healed. Then it gets weird. He doesn't even mention it. He just says, go in shalom. But then he does something you never see Jesus do ever. When Jesus heals people, he almost always says, don't tell anybody. Not this time. This time he went nuts. He's like, who touched me? Who touched me? Power has left from me. Does that sound like Jesus? No, that sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Luke, the force. He's like, what? Why would you ever, think about this, when the whole crowd knows that she's touched him, what do they think he is? Unclean. This is the whole gospel in a nutshell, by the way. The one who knew no sin is willing to become unclean for the sake of an unclean person, right? There's this whole, the one who knew no sin was willing to be considered unclean so that the unclean person can have a big, big win. There's all kinds, oh, by the way, one of Jesus' biggest miracles was an interruption to his schedule. And there's a whole nother thing about that. Because remember, Jesus is gonna go pray for, yeah, this is an interruption. If God can't interrupt your schedule, you might miss some of the most important things that could ever happen. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. But then the story goes very tragic. Remember, Jesus was gonna go pray for her, it gets really bad. Watch what happens. Next slide. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Jairus, your daughter's dead. 
Talk about no decorum. Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why even bother the rabbi anymore? How rude first. Like if you try to be emotional here about this, like if you have a child, you'll understand. Like Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why even bother the rabbi anymore? Now pretend to be Jairus for a second. How are you feeling? Well, first, devastated. Second, unbelief. Third, anger. At who? No, 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 you can't be mad at the Lord. You're mad at the lady. Stupid lady. Been bleeding 12 years, couldn't wait 20 minutes. You could have went second. Seriously, if she hadn't interrupted us, he'd have made it to my kid. You stupid, stupid woman. The rage would have been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here's the thing, right? Why would you say something like, like, don't you come in with a softer, like, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why even bother him? Again, we got to understand Leviticus. Jairus is a synagogue ruler. He has to live by the rules. In Leviticus, it's against the law to knowingly walk. Jesus would have been sinning if he knows she's dead and walks in there. Unless you're already considered unclean. Who touched me? Who touched me? Power has left. I need everybody to look here. This lady who's unclean has touched me. I need all of you to think I'm unclean. Why? Because if he's not considered unclean, they don't even let him in the room. Jesus covers his bases and goes, oh, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Wink, wink. <laughs> in other words, what appeared to be a disaster was the very thing that made the next miracle possible. And that's true for you and me. What appears to be the disaster is actually oftentimes the very thing that gets us to where God wants us to be, okay? Watch what happens. Next slide. Oh, and he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? That's a dumb question. This kid died. Why are you so upset? The child's not dead. She's just sleeping. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. Oh, my goodness. And he took her by the hand. Stop. If it's a sin to walk into a room where a dead body is, would it be a sin to touch one? How much faith is Jesus exhibiting here, putting his life on the line for this one little girl? But remember, Jesus is a Jew. And if he's a Jew... What would have been wrapped around his hands? Tassels. See, in the first part of the story, the lady is healed because she's reaching up for God. In the second part of the story, the little girl is healed because God's reaching down for her. 
Sometimes you'll get healed because you're desperately seeking God. Sometimes you'll get healed because God's desperately seeking you. And he took her by the hand. Remind me, what is the word for this garment? Everybody together, it's called a tallit. Okay, together with some gusto, ready, go. Tallit. Tallit meant the presence of God. He took her by the hand and he said, next slide. Tallit. Ha. Kum. Tallit. Ha. Kum, my child, the presence of God is here. I'm telling you to get up. This, the presence of God. He's ministering the spirit of God or the presence of God to this little girl. Talit, ha, kum, my child, the presence of God is here. It is time for you to arise. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. Oh, how old was she? Oh, she was 12. <laughs> Like this is, so she's been alive the same amount of time this lady's been bleeding. Maybe they knew each other. <laughs> I, I know that's not the point. The point is there's one lady and one little girl, but there's also an entire nation needing a touch. And at this where they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to tell anybody. That's okay. That's, that's normal. Jesus. And then he told her to give them, he told them to give her something to eat. Why? I don't know. I guess resurrecting, you'd work up an appetite. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? It is irresponsible of me. My heart won't let me do this without saying this, okay? It is irresponsible of me to teach something like this without pointing out that it is foolish to presume upon God's power to fix something that we could easily take responsibility for and fix ourselves. The second temptation of Christ was, throw yourself off a mountain, and because God has such a big plan for your life, he'll catch you. Yeah. And Jesus is like, probably, but why would I do that when I could just not jump? Yeah. Like, I, I'm sure I speak for the leaders here, and if not, I humbly apologize, but I think I'm on safe ground here. If, if you get emphysema, we will pray earnestly for your healing. But we would also rather you stop smoking today than need a miracle in 30 years, right? Like, if you need a financial miracle, we will stand with you. Absolutely. Well, we'd also like to know you're getting up before 10 a.m., right? That you're bathing daily. Right? That you're doing everything within your power. Right? Like, I don't know if I'm getting this across. Um, maybe Joyce Meyer will help you. If it's within your power, change your life. Get off your butt and change your life. Don't let me come back here next year and find you in the exact same spot. If you can change your life, change your life. If you don't like Joyce, that's okay. Maybe Joel Osteen. <laughs> You're a champion. God loves you. You don't let that devil get in your head and get you all negative. You tell him to go on back to hell where he came from. 
Me and Victoria, we was talking the other day about what daddy used to say about y'all. And y'all aren't just beautiful people. Y'all are champions. So the next time that devil gets in your head and goes round and round and round and round, you just reach deeper down inside of you. You become the champion God intended you to be. Whatever works. But here's the thing. We can have the musicians back now. Here's the thing. If you live long enough, there'll come a day where you take all your medicine and it ain't enough. It, ain't, it won't be enough. There'll come a day and you've done everything you could do to save the relationship and they still leave. There'll come a day where you've done everything you could do for that client and he's still leaving you for another vendor. If you live long enough, there will come a day where you get to the end of your ability to change things. And it's at that point where the tassels are still there. Sometimes you just have to have a moment where you go, you are God, I am not. And I'm going to cling. It's that. Now, I'm going to pray for the room. And then I'm going to turn the ministry time over to the leaders here. Because they're really good at that thing. And, but I just, let's pray. My first prayer for you is, is give us the courage to see things different. The irresistible urge to respond to what we see. Holy Spirit, would you speak to my heart about a place I need to take responsibility and change my life? And then act. But my second prayer is, let this Pentecost Sunday be a dwelling place for the Spirit to heal and mend and restore and reconcile and let the presence of God settle over this place. Would you look this way? Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your evening. I hope Jesus got bigger, the cross worked better, the resurrection of central scriptures got bigger, not smaller. In a, in a minute, I'm gonna step off the stage and get out of the way. And we're gonna let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does and the leaders here will guide you through that. And if you need prayer, you're gonna be invited to come up and people pray. Um, I'm going to leave this here um, because sometimes people are helped with a tactile. And let me be clear, if this isn't obvious, this is a metaphor. These are my tassels. They don't have any inherent power, right? It's like, what? Yay, unshun it. No. But some people are fine being prayed for, but some people, it just, it just helps them to touch something. And um, I'll leave that here. Now, let me be clear. I do need these back. Okay. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, lift his countenance to you and give you peace. May you all realize that the Holy Spirit wants to engage you, leaven in all issues and all flaws and all. May you all be empowered to change your life 
but at the end of all you can do, Talit Hakum, my child, the presence of God is here. It is time for you to get up. Grace and peace, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com. Thank you.